Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I've got with me screenwriter Mark Brown. Hello. And Mark's come to talk to us about a film he's written called Heckle. Thinking about when writing Bug bit you, what film, play or novel, or who, represents in your mind a tipping point of what has been a writer? Ooh, oh, well, um, I kind of got into films very early on, like three years old, Wizard of Oz. Brilliant, loved it. And... Um, Became mildly obsessed with films for the rest of my life. And um, I'd say I kind of wanted to be a director, though, because I didn't really... You don't hear much about the writers and stuff. No, and so I kind of wanted, wanted to be a director up until I went to university, where I did various filmmaking things, nothing massively official. Um, but no one would write them, so I wrote my own stuff. And I quite enjoyed it, found it quite satisfying. And uh, after I left university... And I did, a, I did a, some more writing and a writing course. And it was basically, I think it was a mixture of Quentin Tarantino and Hal Hartley, <laughs> who um, both had huge influences on me that kind of just gave me that huge urge to write, you know. Yeah. Tarantino, to begin with, who just, where, again, the, the writer was key in that, you know, it was very obviously a writer's kind of film, Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs and everything. And, um, but it was kind of Hal Hartley that made me really think about how I wrote. Because I used to just copy Tarantino. Okay. I was just rip them off left, right, and center. All my short films before I got anything made were all just Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, or whatever, True Romance in some form. I think film school from about 95 to 2000. Yeah. <laughs> Tarantino influenced, I'm sure, if you speak to lecturers. No, absolutely. Oh, Kevin Smith as well, I suppose. Kevin Smith, when I saw Clarks, that just, again, I suppose, showed me that I could make films. Yeah. And that it didn't have to be big action, didn't have to be anything. I could just write crazy dialogue, and that would be okay too. He, fa- he famously saw um, Slacker, didn't he? And then made the same revelation. He was like, oh, you can make films. <laughs> That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I, yeah, I saw Slacker, and didn't have the same effect on me. I kind of find it a bit boring. I think I probably like it more now than I did then. I think it's because I saw Days and Confused first and I loved ah, that. Because okay, okay. that was truly brilliant film and you've got the poster on your wall. I have, yes. <laughs> yeah, I like it too. Yep, it's a cracker. So so how, so how Hartley and, um, and Tarantino with your kind of... You can see them as tangible instigators of you yeah. being a writer. So you, you mentioned there about film school, a bit of film school and a bit of writing as well. What were they then? What film did you study in? 
Um, it wasn't really film school at all. It was, um, I just did like, media at university. It was very general and rubbish, but I did it because two reasons. Um, my friend was at that university and I wanted to go and hang out with her. And uh, yeah, it had various like um, theatre and film modules that I thought, brilliant, I'll do those. And they were cack, they were terrible. Um, but it did get me writing, it did get me kind of thinking about how to make films and how to do films. And um, But it was really after I left university and I bummed around for like six months not knowing what to do with myself. And because I'm, you know, in the Northeast, filmmaking just doesn't exist. And so... And what he did, they left. Well, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, there was a course there, it's one of the kind of local colleges which was a year-long um, City and Guilds film and TV production okay. course. And I thought, ah, oh, well, I'll do that then. That sounds fun. I actually went for a job there. That was what I was going for. I was like, I was going to work, work on the course rather than be on the course. <laughs> and I ended up just doing the course instead. And um, it was good. I met a couple of guys there that I'm still friends with. And we ended up making a couple of rather bad films. But again, it was a nice learning process. It was a good... Um, a good process for my writing where I just, I wrote this thing called um, Revelations, um, which was about the devil and stuff. And uh, it, was, it was a comedy and it was all very silly and it won, it won an award at these inter-college awards. And I thought, brilliant, I'm a genius, uh, I'm off to London. And that's what I did. So I, uh, <laughs> about three weeks later, I'd, I'd moved to London, about three months later maybe. And uh, yeah. Started my Dick Whittington-style life of seeking uh, success. And how how would you describe your your sort of writing process? If you said it for like you, I think you said you were saying that you were kind of copying say Tarantino as a style and stuff. But in terms of you now developing your own work, do you have a process that you stick to, or um, do you get up in the morning early? Do you burn you burn a bit of oil? Do you? I'm very much an afternoon writer. I do. I write generally between the hours of two and four. Jeez. Yeah, um, I like cafes. I can't write at home, and I, and um, I can't write in pubs either because I I like alcohol too much, and so uh, cafes are brilliant for me because I like the atmosphere. I like the nice kind of warm and welcoming atmosphere, and also means I just don't look don't look on the internet and don't get distracted. So uh, yeah, I go and have a coffee or two, and I kind of make myself write at least five pages a day. Mm. Um, I found that to be more manageable. When I started writing, I'd write like 10, 20 pages ago, but it would break my brain and I would not be able to write for like a few days after that. And so in fact, when I had my first kind of commission, as it, as it were, not really didn't get paid for it, but it was a, it was a job. Um, that was the first time I'd ever had disciplined kind of deadlines that I had to meet. And so I just worked it out, basically, if I wrote this amount every day, mm. then I would get to the kind of general page length that I needed to get to for the deadline, or for the first draft deadline, anyway. Yeah. And it worked out about five pages a day. And I quite enjoyed that, so I kind of stuck to it, no matter what I do now, no matter what What's deadline is. I'm interested, then. What's the benefit, then, of sort of sticking to it? Sort of, if the mood takes you, are you still going to stick to five pages? Or are you, if you, no, no. If you hit a wave, are you going to ride it, like... Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, there's there's times when I have three coffees, and that just goes crazy. Um, <laughs> trust me, you don't want to see me on three coffees. I haven't had one today because um, I don't. Uh, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I can still go past the ten page mark quite easily if I if I'm in the mood. But I tend to find that I I like stopping writing 
in the middle of a wave sometimes because mm. it makes the wave continue on to the next day and it makes the next day easy, writing easier. So yeah, I'll, often, I'll often finish whilst I still want to write more just to keep, just to keep the momentum going. And what, I mean, that, you're talking about writing script pages there, aren't you? Yeah. So before you write script pages, what's your kind of story building process? Oh, um, it depends really. I mean, on the stuff I've been commissioned for, then that's been, you know, you spend quite a lot of time on the treatment and on the, uh, you know, the story outlines and everything, the character breakdowns. My own stuff, you know, most of that sort of ordered in my head. Um, because I just wander around for ages, and I'll let, I'll, let an, I'll let an idea mull over for like months. You know, mm. there's a film I've just kind of started the second draft of. That's an idea that I had two years ago, and I just wandered around and let it let it percolate in my head for about a year before I started writing it. Um, I think I should probably get more structured with my my uh, pre pre script stuff because. Um, there's a, another script I'm working on with some people as well at the moment where I thought I had the idea down. Right. I thought I did. And I knocked off the first draft and it was the shortest first draft I've ever done. It was like 62 pages. Yeah. And it was meant to be really short because it meant to be an incredibly low budget film. Um, and it just, I don't know, it just didn't feel right. It doesn't, still doesn't. I mean, so now I'm going through the process with the director of, re, you know, redoing it and re-looking it and looking at the story again and really focusing on what it's all about, you know. So, uh, hey, that's been learning learning curve for me again. Um, but usually, yeah, it's just me wandering around. Uh, and I'll make notes, you know, and uh, I'll have a beginning and I'll have an end and I'll have bits throughout that I want to stick in there. And But more often than not, I'll kind of start writing it and make most of it up as I go along. <laughs> that's a brave way of writing. I find, I find that quite hard. To... Yeah. I've done it, but it kind of, I get, I get lost too easy. Well, that's the thing. I mean, it's... Well, maybe I don't... Maybe the thing is about, like you say, the mulling over bit, isn't it? There's, there's a lot to be said for time to think about your story, you know? Because obviously there's a... You can start too early, which is probably what I think I do. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's, I'll, have, I'll, I'll have an idea and, and it'll, like I say, it, it'll either stick in my head or it won't. And if it doesn't, I won't write it. But it's the ideas that do stick... I don't start writing them until I want to write them, until, like, the, the, the compulsion <laughs> to write yeah. them, yeah. It's like a little gag reflex in my mouth. Like, I need, I need to, uh, I need to get something out. So uh, I think it was a bit early on the one I just talked about, but um, it's worked quite well on others. Heckle wasn't mm. actual heckle, wasn't my idea. It was a, that was a commission, but that was written fairly instinctively and quickly. Good, good segue, Mark. <laughs> Shall we, uh, we talk about heckle then? So heckle, as uh, you, you described it, it's a comedy drama set in the back streets of Selby, Yorkshire. Yeah. Well, the comedy backstreets, as in the the stand-up world of Selby. Oh, actually, right, um, okay, literally is. The, it literally yeah. is the comedy backstreets, as in, I don't think Selby has any front streets of comedy, to be honest. And it stars Dave Whitney, whose name you've mentioned a couple of times already, so... Yes, David Whitney, he's a, he's a stand-up and actor that I've worked with many times over the last ten years, from theatre, short films, and this is our first feature film together. And, um, so how was it? So it was shot in 2012 in September. It, yeah, it was shot over a month. And it premiered a few weeks back at Cannes. It did. It so did. when did when did that film, that screenplay start for you? What, what, how long ago was that and, and how? It was early 2000, maybe, maybe late 2011 or early 2012. I can't remember the exact time. Yeah. Um, basically, I was chatting to um, some people about doing one film and... Then I got asked to do Heckle whilst that was going on by the same people. And um, 
Yeah, so I started writing that February 2012, finished writing it March 2012, and uh, and didn't do much more work on it, to be honest. I wasn't really allowed, which was kind of annoying, but never mind. <laughs> but who, who was... So Dave's someone you've known for a while. Yeah. So was, did you both go in together, or did you go into screenplay and he go in as an actor later? Uh, well, basically... Uh, or did you arrive as a pair? We kind of originally arrived as a trio. There was another director attached to it. Okay. Um, and and Dave was always going to be the lead, and I was going to write it. And then then the director didn't really work out. And um, but yeah, me and Dave okay. were still on it. And um, yeah, because basically the the character of the main of David's character is based on him, pretty much. Oh, I see. So, okay, okay. He leads an interesting life, does Mr. Whitney. So what's the basic, what's the basic premise of that story, then? Did it, did it, I mean, you said you were involved in the development afterwards, but did it stay intact during that process you weren't involved, or did it change? Um, it changed a little bit, you know, as much as films do. Hmm. You know, I mean, um, it was a very speedy turnaround. I mean, it's un- unnaturally fast, no, no. the way it was made, I think. And... Um, so well, the general premise, though, is that it's centers around two people. One is um, a kind of exiled stand-up from London who's been who's been exiled to the north of England to um, as penance for punching his promoter, pretty much. Um, he's sort of hiding out, really, and trying to trying to find himself again. And uh, and uh, he goes on stage one night, pissed, and. Um, Starts basically slagging off Selby as a as a as a place, and um, a lady in the audience kind of gives it back to him, you know, heckles him. There yeah. you go, and um, she gets bigger laughs than he does because he, he's drunk <clears throat> and angry, and and uh, yeah, she's yeah, she gives it back to him, and she she gets asked up on stage by him. She you know, if you think it's so easy, come up and have a crack, then you know, and she does all right, you know, she does surprisingly well. As happens in the movies, and um, and he's you know he sees a chance basically to uh, redeem himself, I suppose, and uh, she sees a chance for a better life because basically she's divorced, um, working behind a checkout, you know, yeah. and feels that life has sort of passed her by and is in not in a particularly good place, and so they kind of both help each other to uh, find themselves and find. You know who they want to be. Okay. And, uh, yeah, and it culminates in a competition, as you know, Rocky style. <laughs> what them against? It, they they end up going toe to toe. No, no. Um, just her. She's like in a new acts competition. Okay, okay, cool. <clears throat> so how did it do in Cannes? Do you know? Do you know if it's going to get? A, it's got a release date. I checked, um, I checked well, the website. There's nothing. Uh, not yet, because um, obviously after it's, it was a industry screening. So basically, it was you know we got we got the feedback on it and. So now there's some more post-production stuff to be done. Okay. I mean, because the, the post was kind of rushed to get into Cannes, really. Of course, yeah. So the timeline was quite cute. Yeah, it was ridiculous. So it's, um, at the moment, getting, you know, some re-edits and some of the grades getting fixed and the sound designs getting tweaked and everything. Just, you know, we got... The feedback, though, was pretty decent. Um, yeah, no walkouts, <laughs> which for Cannes is good, apparently. So, uh, yeah, it was it was... And that's your first. That was my first produced feature. Yeah, it's not the first one I've written, no. but it's the first one that's been produced and uh, you know I've seen on screen. And how does that, that experience compare to sort of 
to what? <laughs> to, to watch some other stuff you've been you, you've obviously you were directly involved with all the short films you would have produced and watched. Um yeah, it was nerve wracking really. Um I think because I was massively involved with all the shorts, you know, through all the process of pre production, production and post production. I mean I didn't have final say on a lot of stuff, but you know mm. it was my opinion was massively heard, whereas feature films the writer doesn't get that kind of dispensation. Um so yeah, I, I didn't really know what to expect of it, and like I say, there's some 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 bits have changed, some bits have been done in a way that I didn't necessarily agree with, but a lot of it's actually really nice as well. So you know, wait and see what happens with the uh, the final product, but yeah, I think it's it's all right. Well, yeah. fingers crossed for a release date soon then. Um, so what what other screenplays are you working on that you can talk about that you're developing? Anything? Uh, yeah, I've got a few. Um, I've got um, the one I talked about earlier, um, which um, I'm working on with James Rumsey of Rum Jam Films. Um, he, it'll, be, it'll be his first feature. Um, it's called Black John, and it's kind of a British thriller kind of thing, kind of like, a bit like Cape Fear mm-hmm. kind of thing, but much lower budget. And so we're, we're working on... That's, that's, the, that's the first draft of that done, and we're working through that and we're hoping to shoot that ASAP um, for virtually nothing um, we've got another film called Convention which I've got a director attached to called Rob Kaplan he's a commercials director big with Toyota and Land Rover apparently okay. <laughs> well he definitely is I've seen his adverts <laughs> um, so we're working on the script for that um, so when you say we're working is that, a, is that the sense that you've come to him with a script or he's come to you and said I, need, I want to develop this idea um, neither really actually um, he me him and I um, met in a cafe through another friend of mine um, who's a producer, director, and um, he was looking for a certain type of script to make his first feature. Okay. And I happened to have a certain type of script that he liked. And, um, and uh, yeah, so we, so we just sat down and chatted and said, you know, what can we do with this? And ultimately that script went by the wayside because he liked the other idea of convention more, mm. okay. and, um, which was good. So, yeah, I'm still working on that. And then I've got Coldfall as well, which is um, sort of in pre-production. It's, um, we're kind of hovering at the moment because of Black John, because we kind of realised that Coldfall was going to be much more to fund money-wise. It was going to be, you know, a couple of hundred thousand, three hundred thousand, yeah. which turns out is quite hard to raise. So we're going to do the, the cheap film first, mm. which we can definitely get the money for, and... Uh, and see if that'll help us. What are you, what are you sub, sub 50 for the first one? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, definitely. Brilliant. And so, yeah, hopefully with that'll, that'll kick, kick on to the... Because we've got a few like producers who are quite interested in working with either me or James. Mm. And uh, so if we can get them on board for like the, the, the minor budget stuff, then yeah. hopefully we'll kick on with the, the, the larger budget stuff. Everybody's reputation goes up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get the, the next funding. Indeed. So, um, going back to short films, then, as you, you were talking about, you actually run a monthly short film evening. That's right, yep. The Brainhound Film Night at the Hideaway in Tufnell Park, first Tuesday of the month. It's good fun. Everyone come down. It's, uh, I think the next one's on August the 6th or something. Okay, so you're going through the summer then, you know? No summer break for you. Well, I'm, uh, I was teased by not doing August, but then I realised I promised several people I was going to put their films on in August, so... Uh, <laughs> Gonna have to really, 
Um, it's yeah, August's a bit of an annoying month because everyone's in Edinburgh. Yeah. And or in a beer garden. Um, but just saying that, I mean, July obviously is a very hot month too, and uh, we we rammed out last time. Um, so hopefully August will be okay. Uh, it's up and down, but yeah, it's a, it's a good night and uh, some good films coming up. I think. Is are you? Do you take submissions from people just to take a look at to put on your night, or are you? Or do you always, is it always recommendations? Um, people send me stuff, you know, through the mail, online, whatever. Um, I'd say it's mostly recommendations just from people who've been the night before and say, my mate's got a film, or I've got another film, or whatever, yeah. you know. Um, I like the community feel of the nights, you know. I mean, most film nights I find you tend to go once and never go back, because it's not very, you know, it's not very chatty, it's not very, you know, welcoming, I find, you know. And, the, and also the films are always, <clears throat> they're always kind of really... They've clearly gone through a very strict process of picking the best films humanly possible for the night. Whereas I kind of think people deserve a better chance than that. You know, it shouldn't short film nights are about people, you know, getting their first films out there, second yeah, films, yeah. whatever. It doesn't shouldn't really matter if they're a bit rough, a bit scruffy, you know. And I mean, just because they haven't got a famous person in, or just because they haven't had a ten, twenty grand budget, you know. I mean, you know, I started out my first. Well, two of my first three films were zero budget that we made on the camcorder. And, you know, two of those are my favourite films that I've done, you know. And um, never got the uh, respect they deserved because film nights just don't show things that look a bit scruffy. So I, I kind of went against that and said, I'll pretty much show anything. Anything. As long as it's less than 15 minutes, then I'll pretty much show anything. Well, we just about snuck in. I must confess that I, <laughs> one, of, one of my short films played in the last one. That's right, and it went down very well. It did. Yeah, it's a good did. film. Um, so, finally then, the toughest question for you to answer, I guess. <laughs> should should a film get rebooted that you love and you were given the commission to write, what would you relish doing the most? Ooh, oh, that is a big question. Oh, God. <clears throat> you can maybe compartmentalise them into, into different ways that you think of what, what constitutes needing a reboot. Exactly, yeah, because I, I, I would never want to remake things. There's films that I'd love to have written or love to write, you know, like American Wealth in London and, yeah. you know, Henry Fool and things like that. But I would never want to remake them because they're perfect. I kept so. thinking about trying to do a Northwest version of Days Confused, but it just didn't. <laughs> it wasn't going to work. <laughs> I think I'd just be, that would just be confused, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, so I think I think again I'm going to go for a flawed classic in my eyes, which is Sinbad and the Eye of the Tiger. Okay, because it was a film that I grew up with and I loved, and obviously the Ray Harryhausen stuff is phenomenal. And I love the fact that it stars the the, the children of several incredibly famous people, like Patrick Wayne, John Wayne's son, mm. and uh, what's her name, Power, Tyrone Power's daughter, and um, and yeah, the acting is pretty terrible, and. But it was such a memorable, memorable film for me, and I think it's one of those films that's ripe for a reboot. You know, much should be much better. Clash of the Titans, though. And um, yeah, I'd love, to, I'd love to do that. I think. Sinbad and the Eye of the Tiger. I saw that in the cinema. Did you? Oh, mm. you lucky man. Yeah. It's the the saber tooth tiger bit has just scared me. Oh, the cinema still exists though. Now, <laughs> in Bolton somewhere. Well, look, sir, we're uh, we're pushing we're pushing over twenty minutes now, so I think we've. Uh, We've covered quite a lot of ground. Yeah. So uh, I thank you for your time. Pleasure. It's been lovely. Okay. Well, that's me, Stuart Wright, talking to Mark Brown uh, on the Britflix.com podcast.
Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.